passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to your post-daily news update for Friday the 13th. I am John Pollock alongside Mr. Wei Ting. Hello, Wei. Hey, John. How you doing? I am doing all right. It's one of these. One of these Friday the 13th. Yes, yes. Huh? Such a big thing is made up of these Friday the 13th. Does anything ever weird happen to you on a Friday the 13th? I mean, you know, weird things happen all the time, right? Um I, I don't know. It's a cause to celebrate um, your favorite series of horror movies, perhaps. They, they've marketed this very well, uh, very effectively. Uh, yes. The Maple Leafs are going to Game 7, so the the NHL playoffs will be coming to an end for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I assume, on Saturday <laughs> night because uh, that's way too much pressure for this team. I, I, don't, I don't feel good about Saturday night. It's always good to be an optimistic uh, Toronto hockey fan, of course. You know who's the real winner during this game way? Who? Me, because as I sat down to watch this game and they went into overtime, I decided, you know what? This overtime could go very poorly for us, so I'm not going to be let down. So instead, I'm going to embark. And here was my end product. This is what overtime produced. Oh, Oh, look at this. Beautiful. Look at at the fine detail, the sticker work. Oh, great job. Great job. I was was all smiles at the end of this game. It's like, whatever, Toronto, you can can win, you can lose, but I'm not coming out of this empty handed. Uh, This was a... An enjoyable project. People listening to this, uh, John just held up his latest project, uh, one that I'm very proud to share, and that is... Uh, you can go F- on my Instagram. You can see some beautiful shots I've taken of this thing. I, just a, a mark of beauty. That is an F1 Lego set yes. uh, that he purchased on his own, um, <laughs> and I believe you had to kind of sneak your purchase, didn't you? That's right. Well, we went to the we went to the Toys R Us about a week ago, two weeks ago, I guess. And we had told Max, like, you can look at all of the Lego, but we're not buying anything. You can just look. So he's looking. And then all of a sudden I'm looking and I see this. And I, I didn't even know that this like Lego set, like an F1 line it's, existed. It's, it's Lewis Hamilton's car. It's yeah. it's beautiful. And I'm like, OK, I've told him he can't get anything. So I can't buy <laughs> something right there. I'm going to get a toy for me. And he's empty handed. So we left. And then I had to go during this week. I went in the morning by myself and just grabbed this thing. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like, a great oh, story. who's this for? It's a nine years and up. It's for me. It's for me. I am, I am the end up of that equation. Technically, your son is not nine yet. So um, no, it, no, it's an adult's toy. Too young for this. But uh, yeah, I'm halfway done. There's another vehicle that comes with it. So I don't. I want to I want to slow roll this thing. I don't want to just be done. There's is there an emptiness way when you're done one of these? There's an accomplishment that comes with it, I'm sure. But also, you're done. Yeah, I mean a little bit. I mean, depends what you're in it for. You know, a lot of people are just in it for the end product. But 
for me personally and a lot of Lego fans, it's 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 the building that it's the process and, and the journey, not the the destination. So I would say you you can enjoy it on both ends. All right. Well, there you go. That 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 is my update. Uh, we are going to get into all of the news items and a bit of a weekend preview as um. Another, another busy one uh, coming up. Uh, but we start off with uh, some late-breaking news, and that coming out of Florida with the latest involving Tammy Sitch's case. She was back in court on Friday, and her bond has been revoked. Uh, of course, she was arrested last weekend after the toxicology reports came back in connection to the uh, vehicular accident that happened in March in Florida uh, that led to the death of uh, Julian Lassiter and Sitch allegedly striking Lassiter from behind with her vehicle. Uh, so the toxicology reports came back. She registered a 0.28 blood alcohol level. The legal limit in the state of Florida is 0.08. So bond was set at just over $227,000. And she did post uh, 10% of that figure along with court fees and was released last weekend. So prosecutors uh, made the argument at this at this uh, bond hearing on Friday uh, that she is a danger to the community and citing uh, past DUI infractions and they revoked her bond. So she is now back in jail. And uh, I have not seen when her next uh, court appearance will be. Of course, she is facing several charges uh, in related to in relation to the accident, including um, DUI causing death. So this is going to be a long drawn out case. But I have to say, way I don't know how a judge can look at all of the past discretions, driving without a license, a blood alcohol level, and have a clear conscience to let this woman free uh, dur during this period and potentially putting another life at danger. I think this was um, ha had to be the decision made. Yeah, hard to disagree with uh, something like this and, and, you know, calls to question why why a, a, a bond was was even allowed in the first place. So maybe maybe some indication of, uh, you know, the the eventual trial itself. Uh, we will move on. And on Thursday, NBC announced that they are renewing Young Rock for a third season on Tuesday nights. And the the series, uh, they've got a couple episodes left of the second season. Uh, this season is focused a lot on Dwayne Johnson's move from football to professional wrestling. Uh, they are playing fast and loose with uh, historical accuracy on this show. And for this season, they are averaging 2,148,000 viewers and a .37 in 18 to 49. They are down pretty significantly from last season where they averaged over 3 million viewers. But that also includes the, the very first episode that did very well. They did over like 5.3 million viewers for the very first episode. And it kind of uh, petered off after that. Um, but nonetheless, they're getting a third season, so they obviously see this as a you know a significant part of their their prime time uh, appetite or schedule for the the upcoming season. Uh, is this going to bring you in way for season three, maybe as it gets more into his uh, his wrestling days, or is this something that's just off the radar and you're not going to be carving out time for any young rock? It it is pretty off the radar for me, uh, honestly speaking. But um, you know, anytime you have some interesting crossover, especially as it relates to some of the reenactments of his actual wrestling career, that might draw me in. Uh, you know, this might be the point in his timeline where things might actually get a bit interesting in uh, seeing you know um, impersonations of in uh, match, maybe dramatized versions of maybe matches and storylines and periods in the rock's career that we all recognize. Uh, it's definitely a bit more interesting to a crossover wrestling fan. 
Yes. Um, they've been going through the, the Liam Ivea trial on, uh, on the show. Um, so the, the key witness in this whole, uh, p- part of the, the defense, uh, was, uh, Greg Yao, the, uh, the rival promoter. And they were all worried about his testimony. And the night before, Andre the Giant meets up with this promoter at the bar and gets him drunk. So when he shows up the next day to testify in court, he can barely speak English, and therefore Liam Ivia uh, gets off. So interesting. I wasn't aware of <laughs> this this uh, this this legal tactic that worked. Get the uh, get get the person totally hammered the night before their their testimony. It's a TV show, after all. Um, rules work differently on TV. Definitely so. Uh, let let us move on. Uh, uh, we will move on to NXT. And uh, earlier this week, uh, Dave Meltzer had spoken on Wrestling Observer Radio that uh, NXT is in talks about bringing back live events. And I spoke to, to two different people uh, that informed me that there is uh, a return set for next month and they have a schedule in place. So it looks like um, they will be getting back to house shows beginning next month. Uh, I was told for now these will just be Florida shows. So these are going to be relatively small, um, but looking to start in, in about a month's time. And I, I think these are a welcome necessity way. I think that this, at the very least, you're going to have some performers that literally have never performed off television that have performed in front of fans without cameras rolling and being on live television. And who knows what you might see out of some performers where it's the total opposite of the usual structure in wrestling that you go from the independence and then to television. And that's the weird transition to make versus you're on TV and now you're in a much more relaxed environment where you might get a lot more comfortable in front of fans. You're not worried about hitting a commercial break or that, you know, 600,000 people are watching on the U S network. We might see some, some people really find themselves a bit more just by having a handful of matches in front of two, 300 fans. Uh, you know, it, it, these aren't going to be like, you know, every night of the week they're running or anything like that, but at least more than what you're seeing now. It's certainly the hope. Yeah. I mean, we are talking about a system. I mean, NXT itself is a show that we might talk about and criticize every single week because it is, you know, created for a mass cons- consumption, relative, relatively speaking, to what it used to be. But ultimately, it is part of a bigger machine of creating new stars eventually to eventually headline, you know, a Raw or a SmackDown or a WrestleMania. And key to that machine should be, you know, reps, uh, repetition in front of a live audience, a chance to be able to practice and uh, try new moves or try new characters and cut new cut promos. So it's it's very welcome. Um, I don't necessarily think it's, you know, a money making venture for them. And it shouldn't be viewed as that. Like, it's it's kind of crazy that we're talking about these shows in front of 200 people of like in a company that's going to generate a billion dollars in revenue like this to me is a small Mm. drop in the bucket. It's an investment. It's an investment. That's what NXT should overall be viewed as. I would personally have a lot more interest in going to one of these shows to see people in this environment versus watching them on television where it's totally different for someone that's not even had some of these people under 10 matches, much less, you know, 30 or 40. You also wonder if, you know, you'll get maybe the occasional crossover from uh, Raw or SmackDown as a special attraction headline headlining, um, you know, act similar to what we're getting on TV these days. 
Anyway, so it looks like a, a small return to uh, to live events expected for uh, to, to begin next month. Dynamite on Wednesday night did 840,000 viewers and a 0.33 in the 18 to 49 demographic, 430,000. Uh, that translates to they were fifth for the night behind the NBA games and subsequent coverage and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, That's what I would have been watching if it okay. wasn't for AEW. Interesting, yeah. Uh, those shows are. Uh, who are the like? Are, I've never seen. seen I, I haven't either. I, I couldn't tell you anything about Real Housewives. Are they Housewives of like notable celebrities? Is that the gimmick? Um, that would be the 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 hope. Yeah, that you oh. you were getting um people of right. significant stature. But uh, I, I cannot give yeah. you a report on on Bravo's programming on Wednesday night. But um, of course, well behind the NBA. But. You know, we're, we're seeing there, they beat the NHL on Wednesday night and outside of Real Housewives beating, uh, everything else non NBA related, uh, for the evening and sort of in, in line with, with what they've been doing. This was up over the past two weeks. Um, so as they get deeper into the playoffs, I think you're, you're just trying to maintain this level. And I would say a top five finish on cable on, on a Wednesday night, you're taking that as a victory, much like I would for Raw on Monday night where, where they finished with, you know, a pretty good number coming off of backlash. Yeah, you have to think still, you know, positive results and, and, and a coveted product uh, under the, the Warner new Warner Media banner. Uh, so that takes us over to the best of actually first, let's uh, quickly touch upon impact with a Slammiversary that is going to be coming up on June 19th. Thursday's episode set up two matches uh, for the show. So it's going to be headlined by Josh Alexander and Eric Young, uh, who got the uh, the title shot coming out of Thursday's event. Uh what do you think about this as a, as a main event for, for Slammiversary? I think this is one that, um, I don't know what kind of buildup they have. Impact usually has like some pretty good, uh, promotion for their events, but I would just say on paper, um, this is one that I, I see as a tough one to grab people. As somebody who's not following the week to week impact product and, but is checking out, you know, like highlight matches that people have been talking about after the fact. I mean, just watched, uh, uh, uh Alexander versus Ishii, which was awesome is a match of the year contender. Absolutely. So, you know, if that is sort of the goal to coming, you know, leading up to or coming out of these events to attract maybe somebody like me. No, this doesn't inspire much. Uh, I can't really say much about, you know, the story. Maybe this is just something, one of those where you, you have to watch the show in order to get more invested into it. Um, but you know, uh, this is a part of Josh Alexander's run so far. And, uh, how, how many times can you get into Tomori or Ishii to, to be attached to your show? And they've also announced a queen of the mountain match, uh, that will feature Tasha Steeles, Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, and Mia Yim, who just returned to the promotion, uh, last weekend at, at the shows. So those are our two matches so far, uh, with the knockouts championship being defended in the queen of the mountain match. And that will be, uh, next month on June 19th on the actual day of their 20th anniversary that impact Ooh. has made it to. And boy, I don't know how many people in 2002 or 2005. Or 2010 or 2014 would have been putting money down on impact making it to 20 years. Jeez. Yeah. It's, it, it will never die. I'm convinced at this point, but no. You know. And, and this is honestly like their most solid footing. They have been the, the anthem era, uh, whatever you want to say, like they have provided the stability that impact had greatly needed in the post spike TV era. Those are some very yeah. lean years. Yeah, totally. You know, as far as Slammiversary goes, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit more interested in the Queen of the Mountain match. Honestly, you know, it's a, it's a very good looking women's roster that they continue to have. And this might be more of the novelty and it might be more of a significant event to promote. 
This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. On Saturday night, uh, New Japan is going to present Capital Collision in Washington, D.C. And uh, we won't go through all of the matches, but the main ones here, uh, including the four-way match with Hiroshi Tanahashi defending his recently won United States Championship against John Moxley, Juice Robinson, and Will Ospreay. Uh, so this, uh, you know, it had been set up as Tanahashi and Moxley, and who knows how much this was adjusted after Osprey was removed from wrestling Dontaku. Um, but this, it gives you at least the leniency that you could flip the title without having Moxley take a fall or Tanahashi take a fall. And maybe Robinson is in there for that reason. But who do you see coming out of this as champion way? Cause this will probably have repercussions for forbidden door. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's a really good question and, and a really interesting way that they either purposely or inadvertently got to this four way where everybody somehow has a bit of a claim to the championship. Um, I think Tanahashi being so fresh in his run will, is probably more likely to retain and might get a rematch against one of these. Well, I mean, hmm, thinking about it, like it would be somebody on the AEW roster. Maybe that's when you do the Moxley singles match, you know, at Forbidden Door. So um, I can see him pinning Juice, perhaps, maybe, um, to retain. But I, I, I think Tanahashi escapes with the title. Uh, they've also announced Kazuchika Okada and Trent Beretta against Jay White and Hikuleo. Eddie Kingston taking on Tomohiro Ishii. And Minoru Suzuki against Brody King. Those are kind of the, the big matches, I would say, on the show. But uh, overall, this looks like a, a very strong card on Saturday. And I'll yeah. be curious to see, like, you would think, way that you would at least get some angle shot on this show uh, to direct you uh, to where you're going. Uh, the problem is, like, AEW has their pay-per-view to build to. New Japan still has Dominion. But I think you can at least uh, plant the seeds for a couple of those programs that you want to materialize over the next uh, month or so until Forbidden Door. Yeah, I would say it's very much a precursor to both of those events coming up between Dominion and Forbidden Door. And, but in particular, like, I mean, all your top matches feature some form of AEW, uh, component attached to them. So I would not be surprised at all if, you know, you get a lot more AEW presence than, than what's even advertised on this show. It's, you know, for, uh, maybe a, at this point, a North American New Japan pro wrestling fan. I mean, those that that is the show that is like on the schedule that I think has the most interest. So I think it'd be smart for both companies to use this opportunity to draw some awareness to both Capital uh, Collision and you know those those shows coming up. But uh, uh, it's looking it's a lo- good looking show, man. In particular, I think Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston is man. Ishii is just like racking them up right now uh rather quietly i would say you know between all the different promotions just like these incredible matches and this one is almost poised to be uh what what is advertised in this description as sort of a battle between strong style and king's road so i'm very curious to see what uh, eddie kingston brings to the table here yes and maybe we'll see a burning hammer from the man whose face was just burned because he's got to sell that the injury 
That's a good call. Yeah, this will be his return to action. Did they respect the storyline? I mean, they have oh, they to. Have to. They have the to. Same. Yeah, so I'm sure he's going to have like the makeup all all over him for for this. You have to do that. Hmm. The question will be: Way does this card? Uh, how does it serve as counter programming to Game Seven of the Leafs and Lightning? I. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Leafs might have me if they make it to overtime again. That's pretty much the only time I might watch. But, you know, besides that, I might have a bit more interest in this New Japan show. All right. And then the Super Juniors will be starting several hours after that on Sunday morning. And this will be running until early June. And our opening night will feature Taiji Ishimori taking on Yo, Ryusuke Taguchi against Hiromu Takahashi, Sho against Francesco Akira, which I'm really looking forward to seeing Akira have a big, uh, kind of introduction to the New Japan audience in this tournament. Uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru against Alex Zane. Zane is another interesting name to watch in this. Ace Austin against Clark Connors. And uh, those will be all of the A-block matches that are taking place on the first night. And then they continue on Monday, I believe, uh, which will have B-block matches. But um, I, I like this field. It's, it's quite a range of different talents. And I would say, um, you know, a lot of focus... Um, on Wheeler Yuta as well to see how he is booked in this tournament as AEW's lone representative. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think um, for, for me personally, I think maybe for a lot of people who are maybe more interested, again, from a North American perspective, B blog tends to look a bit more um, unique with people like Wheeler Yuta in there. Uh, you have El Lindemann in there as well. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's a, it's honestly a, a really great sign for New Japan Pro Wrestling in Japan to have such a diverse field of talents from different promotions from all across the world. And, uh, of course, it's a great sign for the G1 to come when you just have such a unique mix and a lot of the fresh matchups between their New Japan strong talent and, you know, their, their, uh, their existing New Japan talent, of course, but just everybody else. So it'll be a really fresh, I would say, uh, look at, you know, what for, for a New Japan, uh, for a Japanese based uh, audience. Yeah, the B block actually starts Tuesday, not Monday, and Wheeler Yuta is taking on Robbie Eagles on that show. That's that's going to be terrific. Mm -hmm. That's a Absolutely. great uh, match to start things off. So there you go. Uh, Super Juniors will be uh, hot and heavy starting on Sunday tonight. SmackDown is in its regular time slot at eight Eastern from Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. We've got RK Bro asking Roman Reigns for permission for the Usos to take them on in a unification match. And then Naomi and Sasha Banks defending the tag titles against Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Those are our announced matches and segments thus far. Yep. Um, Excalibur. Yeah. This is the part of Excalibur <laughs> that he looks at. Man, I, I'm I'm AEW for life. But if WWE came calling, could you imagine? <laughs> Next week on SmackDown, there's going to be a tag title match. <laughs> Just silence for like, you know, the rest of the 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot to go by here, but I mean, you know, uh, rare, I would say for WWE is that, you know, this is a, a tag team match that they seem to have been building to for at least a couple weeks here between, uh, Naomi and Shayna Baszler taking on Sasha and, uh, sorry, Natalia and Shayna Baszler taking on Sasha and Naomi. And, uh, I don't expect a title change, but, um, I hope the match is good. You know, I hope they get enough time. If if they do, that you know. It oh, wait, wait. How can they make enough time? Like they they've got a lot to get to tonight. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much yeah. you can carve out on on a two hour show. And uh, we wonder if um, any of the participants in these four will somehow make their way to perhaps sing a singles challenge with Ronda Rousey. Who is Ronda Rousey's next challenger? Maybe we'll get a sign of that tonight because um yeah, Charlotte Flair is off. And indefinitely, and 
we will see where where Rondo is going to go. That'd be one of the questions for uh, for tonight's show um, that we will look towards as well. Um, they have put out the poster for Clash at the Castle in uh, Cardiff, Wales, and I mean it very much leads you in the direction that like Roman and Drew are centered as the key promotional figures on that show. And uh, in today's Observer, uh, noting the fact that that is the direction they're going towards uh, for the show. And to me, like, way, this is the only match for Roman Reigns to do on this show. I know, like, people were throwing out uh, Tyson Fury's name, but to me, this is, I mean, this this really centers around Reigns and Drew as uh, the likelihood for the show in September. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, unless it's a gauntlet match involving all of these people on Drew's sword. Look at this. Between oh. Oh, this is quite the poster. I have. To I, say. I, I, I thought the poster looks really cool. Like yeah. I, I didn't even notice they're on his sword. I thought it was just a divider there. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of interesting. Pretty damn cool poster, I have to say. So uh, kudos to whoever's been working on that. But yeah, this would exactly tell you what you would expect the main event to be. And you know, prior to knowing about Roman, Roman Reigns' sort of um, you know, lightened schedule, I think you and I had wondered how they would drag this feud on for that long. Knowing that he's probably not going to appear at some of these shows, uh, Hell in a Cell, etc., it gives you a lot more confidence that they'll be able to hold this feud off all the way until September. Yeah, and I guess you know, in the short term, thinking how they build up this Money in the Bank show in Las Vegas, because mm-hmm. in theory that would be Reigns' next big uh, title defense, and you have lots of time until July second. Yeah, yeah, and and is Drew a, a principal contender uh, for the money in the bank match itself, or uh, will he already have a title challenge in some 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 other way? But uh, yeah, clash at the castle. Uh, I want to also give a shout out to uh, our friends at the British Wrestling Experience, who actually uh, who had Will Cooling on this week, and they actually spend a good deal deal of time at the beginning of the show talking about uh, clash at the castle from a much more kind of deeper, you know, well well regarded perspective uh, from from over there. Yeah, there's some great news on on the British wrestling experience. They go through everything. But what just left me stunned was Will recounting his recent trip to Calgary. To Calgary. Yeah. yeah. Dude got on an airplane to Canada in in these months, and he came without a jacket. Is he out of his mind? I mean, it'd be one thing to come to Toronto or maybe even like Montreal, like a place a bit more southern. But man, Calgary, you, um, dude, eight, April, uh, like between, I would say October and May, anywhere yeah. in between there, dude, dude, buckle up, okay? It gets cold up here. Lesson learned, I would hope. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember actually once when, uh, uh, Ryan Bennett and, and Frank Trigg, uh, came up here from, from California. Same deal. They didn't bring jackets here and it was like the middle of winter. Like oh. some people just, uh, they, they don't realize. Uh, Californians we, don't really own jackets, I would assume. At least nothing for, you know, I mean, if Canadian you were, weather. Like today's weather, for instance, if you had this year round, you'd probably just believe that everywhere's like this after it, a while. It was as hot here as it was in California when I was there. Yeah. Today. It, it's Toronto is kind of hard to predict, especially in these months. So as we wrap up this show, we're going to have to cut this short because Rampage is going to be starting soon. Uh, we've got a 5.30 Eastern start time today with the taped show from uh, Wednesday night on Long Island. We have Scorpio Sky defending the TNT Championship against Frankie Kazarian. The Owen Hart Cup between Ruby Soho and Rio. Sean Spears against Bear Boulder. The Death Triangle, Penta Oscuro, Ray Phoenix, and Pac taking on The Butcher, The Blade, and Mark Quinn. And the baddies, we will hear from them on the show mm-hmm. tonight. So... um yeah, full, full edition of, of Rampage coming Five. Up, uh, <laughs> this afternoon. You know, nothing like a pre-dinner Rampage, pre-supper Rampage, uh, perhaps. 
I personally enjoy the early start starts. Um, it's you know kind of gets my my night done a, a little bit earlier. Do you, do you know? I've, I don't think I've ever had to do one of these early rampages. I think the way it's always worked out is Kate has always done the early shows by and not by on purpose. Just that's the way we've scheduled them. Uh, so today this will be a challenge for me. There's no way I can watch this live at five thirty. So um, I better be able to find means to this episode. The good thing is it's SmackDown. I could start SmackDown probably by like 8.45, and I'll have no problem finishing it in time. So uh, tune in tonight to find out if I'm successful. I think you'll have a decent time. Um, I don't think you'll have much much issue. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say this is a, a, a show that they're throwing in the towel on at all. I mean, I think Sky versus Kazarian is a match that they have spent time building to. Uh, you know, Ruby Soho versus Riho might be for many people uh, interesting, you know, uh, as part of the women's bracket. And uh, Death Triangle, they're always fun to watch. So it's uh, it's not going to be a type of rampage that I think will mm, draw people in to break their schedules to watch at 530. But I, I anticipate it being a, an enjoyable viewing nonetheless. One final note, uh, earlier today, uh, Conrad Thompson announcing the return of StarCast, uh, but it's not going to be in conjunction with an AEW show. Instead, it will be taking place July 29th to 31st over SummerSlam weekend at the Nashville Fairgrounds in Tennessee. So this is the return of StarCast. They have not done a convention uh, since before the pandemic. They did their last one in November of 2019. Uh, we were at the very first StarCast over All In Weekend. Uh, but this, uh, yeah, just announced this morning. Uh, it'll be airing on Fight, and they will be rolling out names and panel discussions uh, coming up. But uh, if you've never been to one of these, you know, the one we got to attend, it was it was a lot of fun to see this, and they... You know, bring it, pretty much everyone under the, the wrestling universe seems to get booked at these things. That's really interesting because, I mean, you know, we, we all know like when StarCast first began, it very much felt like it was the unofficial, official AEW um, fan convention, all in fan conven convention, if you want to call it that. And uh, AEW, I think, has since maybe started to do a lot more of their own wraparound uh, events and, and, and fan um, conventions and whatnot. So... But, you know, doing it around SummerSlam is interesting because I suppose WWE will probably still have their own sort of access. And I suppose this sort of takes the place of, you know, everybody outside of the WWE getting to to be a part of, uh, you know, some autograph signings or appearances and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be, uh, be interesting to see all the uh, all the rollouts and uh, who is attached to that. But there you go. That was the uh, the latest announcement coming out this morning. Way and I are going to be back tonight. 10 p.m. Eastern time for members at postwrestlingcafe.com. We will be live. We will be taking your calls and going through Rampage and SmackDown. So call in, chat, discuss, or just linger. Hide in the background. That's cool, too. We welcome uh, lingering. Absolutely. In the cafe. Uh, quick note. This weekend, we have the next edition of The Long Winding Royal Road with WH Park and Benno, who unfortunately was missing uh, on the British Wrestling Experience, but you will get plenty of your Benno uh, as they review Stan Hansen versus Big Van Vader. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, if you follow... No, nothing like a Saturday morning than waking up to watch Stan Hansen and Vader. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, if you go to WH Park 9, follow that man, of course. Uh, you can find the link to the match itself and get prepped for Saturday morning. All right, check it out. Uh, Long and Winding Royal Road, always a fun time with uh, WH Park. And then Sunday, we've got WrestleNomics Radio with Brandon and Chris, another 
Always a week where there's plenty of WrestleNomics activity happening in the world, and then they bring it all together at the end of the week to make sense of it all. So check out all of that at postwrestling.com. You can support the site at postwrestlingcafe.com. Multiple bonus shows next week. Rewind away. We're going to be chatting Thursday, Raw Thursday. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can keep count of how many times they state Thursday, Raw Thursday on this broadcast. My God, were they hammering that branding home to you in 1997? Well, I guess effective because a, a choice chosen by uh, our exec- executive producer, Neil Flanagan, um, so tw- some 20-something years later. So memorable, at least. There you go. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in to your post-daily news show.